Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. Well, I'm here with Daniel and Rachel. They have flown in from Asia for the 24-7 global gathering here in Birmingham, and also to take their vows in the Order of the Mustard Seed. So really excited to be sitting here with you guys and seeing you face-to-face, not just on Skype. And um, could you just tell our listeners a little bit about your context? Um, and, and let's talk about context and invitation. So what was the invitation of the Holy Spirit you know, to you to enter into this avowed life? Imagine that. So... <laughs> Well, um, we've lived in Asia for 14 years, and we have four um, daughters who live there with us. They're there now while we're here. Um, and I think the first time I heard of the, the vow was at the gathering in Vienna when Pete mentioned it briefly. And it, I mean, I've thought about it, but I didn't really, it was like, I don't know if that's for me or not. And then Daniel went to the gathering in Switzerland, mm-hmm. and he came home saying, I really think we should do this. And so I thought, well, you know, okay, I'll give it a try. Um, but early in the process, I remember having a lot of doubts. Like, I can't even be kind to my kids <laughs> some days. What am I doing taking this vow? And is it for me in this season of life? But um, I just really felt the Holy Spirit inviting me. Like, this is not as much about what season of life I'm in or what I'm doing right now, but it's more about who I want to be wherever I find myself, whether it's home with the kids, on a busy street, in the big city we live in, on a rural outreach, wherever I am, that I want those things to be shaping my life. And so um, just seeing it in that way, I thought, yes, this really does resonate with me. I really do want to have this unifying theme to everything that I do, whether it's, um, yeah, the small things or what seems like a bigger thing. Hmm. Thanks, Rachel. Daniel? Um, yeah, to give some more context of where we live, um, we're in a a large uh, Asian city in a closed country. <clears throat> we have been there for over a decade, and we've done lots of different things from working with national leaders and, and uh, churches there to um, unreached people groups up in the mountains on the plateau uh, to helping other uh, people like us, expat cross-cultural workers, um, survive, thrive, succeed. Uh, there's a lot of discouragement out there on the field. Um, and uh, we launched a, a prayer room in 2011, our community did, uh, with uh, a friend, Wendy, that came out with a 24-7 team and launched that. And we were hungry for prayer, realizing people from all different organizations and different backgrounds and countries and everything. We had been doing some little prayer meetings together because we came to the realization that, well, God's not giving it to just one person to reach these people, but it is all of us together. And... Um, that's where 24-7 came in and really was an answer for us. We launched a prayer space. We now have a room there where we're doing 24-7 events and um, teaching about prayer and doing prayer and all that kind of thing. So that's a little more context of, of what we do. And um, I think for me, the invitation for the, for the order was, uh, again, in, with Rachel in Vienna a couple of years ago uh, when Pete was talking about it. And um, something just began to resonate with me. Um, doing the kind of work we do, we've heard of Count Zinzendorf and the Moravians and the incredible stories of what they did and how what we're doing is, is uh, 
you know, everything kind of traces back to, to those original Moravians um, and that kind of working cross-cultural and taking the gospel to the nations. And I just remember saying, I want to have a more structured, intentional life towards Christ. Um, having been on the field at that point for about 12 years, um, you can get really comfortable. Like living where we live is no longer a risk for us. Um, it's home. You know, our home country of America is not home. This where we live now is home. It's home for our children. They don't know anything different. Um, and I realized after all these years on the field, um, God, where can I continue to take risk? Where can I continue to step out? Where can I continue to sacrifice? Because this doesn't feel like a sacrifice anymore. It did when we first left the field. It's a very difficult sacrifice, but now that level of obedience um, and sacrifice that question was already in our hearts. And um, even reading Pete's book about dirty glory, the theme that came out from that was the the constant saying yes to Jesus in every area of your life. You just keep saying yes. And so when the order of the mustard seed came up and I realized that there was this opportunity for me to intentionally um, begin to walk according to a rule of life that would help me to live out that desire to continue to sacrifice, continue to risk, and do it with some of my favorite people on the planet. Um, it, it, was, it was pretty easy. Yes, Holy Spirit, I think I'd like to try that. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's really lovely, I think, is that you guys, as a married couple, went through the season of preparation together. Now, probably you weren't reading the books to each other and all of that, and you were in each in your own process. Mm -hmm. But it would be great. Is there anything you want to share about what that was like for you as, as a husband and wife going on the journey together? Yeah. Well, I can say first that I, as much as I wanted to, to do the order, I wasn't going to do it without Rachel. I thought that was one of the key things the Holy Spirit said to me. Um, having, um, being married and being in a spiritual union and making a vow to the Lord of this kind of significance, I wasn't going to do that without my wife being a part of it. Um, and so that was a big part. And there was no pressure for her to, I really want to do this, and so I want you to do it. I think we both received that same invitation. And that was a blessing for me to realize that together, even in our marriage, uh, the Lord was giving us an answer of something we've been praying about, of what I had just said about taking risk and continuing to sacrifice. So even in that, I think it's even strengthened our marriage and learning how to be kind to one another and uh, kind to our children um, because we want uh, our four little girls, uh, we want them to experience what an ordered life is and a, a rule of life that's committed to Christ that has some really beautiful things about it, you know. And so to be able to do it as a couple, we feel like is laying a stronger foundation for our children to grow up in that environment. Hmm. Yeah, I found it really um, special to be able to share what we were learning with one another and to have somebody to talk to on the days where you feel like, I don't, you know, especially in the beginning where I feel like, I don't know, can I, you know, should I do this? <laughs> you know, I wasn't nice to my kids today or I felt frustrated with my neighbors today. Um, but having that framework and be able to talk to one another, we ran into several um, situations that seemed complicated because of the cultural um, nuances involved and the you know, differences in culture and language and understanding, but really it was so neat to see how when we just looked at it as what's the kind thing to do, it just really became simplified. And so to have that um, together, to be able to walk through that together and, and realize, oh man, that just made that, what felt like a difficult, compli I mean, it wasn't easy to do the kind thing, 
necessarily, but it was easy to decide what mm-hmm. the kind thing was to do to push past all the what would seem to make it complicated. And so having that together and being able to um, share the process with one another has been really great. And I think it's been great for our family and our kids because um, we're incorporating them into some of the prayer rhythms and um, yeah, wanting to help them engage in more um, giving for justice and and support of the poor so mm-hmm. yeah it's been really great yeah I'd, I'd just add one other thing like even reading the story of Zinzendorf and the Moravians families were coming to their community it was it was not just the men off doing ministry yeah. um, it was families that had come to their community and that's what community is for and our core value is that the kingdom moves at the speed of relationship and grows at the speed of relationship and that that's the context of community and family and so um even in what we saw in the history of the order and and what we've experienced with 24-7 as community and family being the basis for that, it made much more sense for us to enter into this season of preparation and take vows as a couple. Mm-hmm. So let's talk for just a few minutes about some of the six practices um, and, and the invitations of the Holy Spirit uh, towards you guys as he's inviting you to live into some of those practices a little bit more. So maybe some of your reflections on that, maybe some stories around God's invitation in those areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the one um, that was consistently highlighted for me more than the others during the preparation was kindness and being kind to others. And um, there were some real opportunities. We hadn't been in the preparation very long before we had incident with our neighbors um, that required great kindness in response to unkindness on our part. And um, yeah, it just awakened in me a new desire um, to really be kind and to model for my children what that looks like. Um, anytime we leave our house, because um, we're a white, blonde-headed, blue-eyed family, so anytime we leave our house, we're a walking spectacle. Um, we joke, but really that is what we are. And so... Um, and so sometimes it can be difficult in the in the midst of being out on a busy street and I'm just trying to get where I'm going and we're often running behind because it's hard to get four little people out the door. Um, but just realizing, like, I want just a new sense of awareness of God's presence with me even in those moments and to be really present with the people around me, uh, even if they're asking me the same, you know, are all those kids yours? Um, for the tenth time that day... <laughs> And so just modeling for my kids, because I was, you know, struck in you, like, how much they pick up on my response in those situations, and just modeling for them, and, and having for myself, you know, that spirit of deep breath, <laughs> this is where I am this moment, and I can show kindness, uh, even in the midst of what feels very stressful right now. And so, yeah, I think kindness was one thing that I was really challenged in, it was really applicable almost every day it felt like there were opportunities to be more present and to be kind to the the people I know well and even many many strangers that I meet every day yeah I would say first the feeling of six practices and how do I keep all do I have to do all six at the same time Am I living into all six at the same time? Um, how do I keep all of that in the forefront of my mind with, with, with four little kids and a family and, and uh, the ministry that we do, uh, the travel that I do and all that kind of thing? Um, and I kept being reminded um, of, I think it was something Pete said or someone in the order at the beginning when I began to hear about it, was that those six practices are 
they're not things that you we're living out of those but it's not like you have to make all six this, the main focus at every moment. In other words, the Holy Spirit begins to highlight ones. And you may be in one of those practices for a, a season or a few months or maybe a couple of years where the Holy Spirit is inviting you into learning and growing into that aspect of your vow. Um, or maybe there's a couple of them that, that um, he's marrying together in a unique way you'd never thought of. And, and you work on those. And so it's not that you're only, you know, that not all of them are not always there. They're all there by the Holy Spirit all the time because we've, we've consciously begun to make our minds and our hearts kind of reflect towards those things. But I had a picture of, I've got these six plates that I have to keep spinning all the time. And how do I keep them all spinning? And what if one falls and breaks? And, um, and that, I was reminded that that's, that's kind of a works mentality that, that's totally anti what the vow is all about. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. Um, I think it's the it's the Catholic uh, understanding of a vow is this generosity towards God. And so how am I being generous to God in the way I'm responding in these six practices? And that constant question, Holy Spirit, what is the invitation for me today or this week or this season of which one of those practices do you want to work on in me? Mm-hmm. And then and step into that with him. Um, so, for example, one of those that he was highlighting was um, the the kindness of God as well, being kind to others, um, and in the mercy justice realm of what does that look like in a in a closed country like I work in? I can't do soup kitchens. I can't feed the poor. Like they, that happen in other places. Um, those are major things that the government does not allow foreigners to do. So, what does mercy and upholding justice and and doing mercy and working with the poor look like in our context. I mean, some of the unreached peoples that we work with, they're definitely poor, and we bless them, and we give to people, but, you know, there's this desire to be more fighting injustice, and I live in a country that is spacious <laughs> in some ways, and it's government, and realizing, one, to be kind to them, praying for them, praying for the government, that's bringing justice, um, and then asking the Lord to bring us into a place where we can even give. And one of the things he, he shared with Rachel and I is that for this season in your life and where you are with your little kids and, and the, the place that, that I've put you, um, part of mercy and justice for you is for you to give money to people that can and are doing that in places. And, and we said, okay, um, that's, that's also legitimate. If I'm not able to, I can, can, I can still be a part of that through my giving uh, financially and prayers and that type of thing. And then the Lord opened up with um, some friends of ours in India um, that are actually part of our cohort that are working with a charity there. And we, we began to give to, to some of the kids to support some of the children through the charity that they're working with. And it just resonated. I was like, yes, it felt so good. And I felt the Holy Spirit happy. He was like, yes, like we found something. You know, this is, I was leading you to this. And here's an opportunity for you to live out that practice, even if you can't physically touch it yourself like with people around you, there's still ways to step into all of these practices. Um, In an earlier conversation, you were talking to me about the Lord restoring some important things to you in the midst of this process. Do you Mm -hmm. want to share that? Yeah. um, You know, it's a scary thing being a cross-cultural worker like I am, and you get into it five, ten years down the road and realize you don't like the people that you're called to be working among. (laughs) 
Um, I think it's normal. Um, I think it's a normal process. Whether I'm, I know I've heard pastors, you know, in their in their own home cultures, deal with that. They don't like the the church I'm leading, or the, you know, church would be great without people. You know, those kind of jokes people make. Um, and I realized that I, you know, growing, I've grown cynical. Um, and I knew this was happening really for more than a year. Journaling, like, why do I feel this way, and how do I keep loving and and um, and through the process of the of the order and our preparation time, what the Holy Spirit highlighted for me was, Daniel, you think that these people owe you something, um, that they owe you a certain level of respect because you came to share the good news with them. He goes, they don't owe you anything. Hmm. And he said, I don't owe you anything, but I have freely given you all things, and I've asked you to come and, and just to give and to love. And it was this amazing, wonderful, healing, painful, yes, repentance, but with an answer of, of God saying um, that whole issue about not liking them was just because you had a bad perspective and being kind to others and living prayerfully and with mission and justice. Like the, the order put a framework for the Holy Spirit to begin to work in for me, in my mind, and my heart. Um, and he has restored my joy and my love for the people that he called me to all these years ago. To I, I see them with fresh eyes like I did years ago. Mm. And I'm, I'm coming at them and with them, loving and serving them without expecting something in return. That I'm a foreigner and I'm the guy bringing the good news and you should be happy about that. Like, <laughs> uh, which is it's ridiculous when you say it out loud, but it's amazing how those feelings can come in over time. And to be able to let go of that, um, even this year of preparation for the order, has restored to me my love and my joy and my peace in regards to the people that God's called me to, to live among. And, um, you know, if nothing else ever happens, it was worth it, you know, for that to be restored to me. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you, guys. They're going to be taking their vows at the service this Sunday coming up. It's kind of exciting. And then mm-hmm. I think they're going to start to bring leadership possibly to other online cohorts of people in preparation. Do you guys have any yeah. advice to people entering into a season of preparation? Just short advice? Um, I think what really helped change my mindset was the thought of um, just instead of thinking, what can I do to live this out? But um, Jill was actually a spiritual director for me during the process and her um, just reminded me ask the Holy Spirit what he's inviting you to um, this month in between calls like how is he inviting you to engage in what whatever area you feel highlighted Um, that really changed my mindset from oh no I don't know if I can live up to the standard towards more of a this is going to be amazing to see what God does um, in me and through me through um, this process it became less of a burden and more of just a delight to see what he would do Mm-hmm. And I would just say it's worth the risk. Yeah. Just don't be afraid to risk giving your heart to the Lord in a very unique and special way that, that the order of the mustard seed provides. Um, and realizing you don't have to do all six or become all six of those things. The idea is that we're taking a vow to say, Jesus, this is what we want our life to be governed by. Mm-hmm. And allowing Him to be the one that drives and invites for that process and not me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thanks, guys, for your time. We can hear in the background a little bit of construction noise. We're in their hotel room here in Birmingham, so we're, we just kind of laugh going, yeah, we're all kind of under construction <laughs> yeah, now. Perfect, perfect background noise. <laughs> Good. Well, um, Daniel and Rachel, can you pray for us?
Father, we thank you um, for the listeners today. I ask that each of them would um, feel peace and calm in their hearts as they ask you where you might be inviting them uh, in their process, whether they're in preparation or uh, thinking about preparation for the order of the Master Seed. I pray that you would speak clearly to their hearts and that they would respond to your invitation to say yes to what you have for them in these days ahead. In Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Yes, Father, we thank you for all those that are listening. Thank you for those that are part of the order that have made their vow that they would be renewed and refreshed today by your presence, by your love, and by your invitation. That they would know that, that you're with them and that you're highlighting, maybe even for some today, you're highlighting afresh one or two of the practices that you want to invite them into to grow in. And I just pray that they would not be afraid, that they would be willing to risk and to take another step uh, towards living out that vow um, with great passion um, and uh, knowing that they're fully loved and accepted by the Father. And for those that are entering into the process, I just ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and bless you and to speak to you and to give you courage. Uh, to know that what the Father would lead you into is a beautiful process of Him uh, bringing change and transformation to our lives so that we might be the light that He called us to be. So, Father, we thank You for these that are listening and ask that Your grace would be upon them, that Your face would shine upon them. We thank You that You're always with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the Order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go. Go.